Homestyle Green, Episode 92. How do you get a good home from a group home builder? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. Now, this week on the show, I've got a good friend of mine, Tim Jones, who lives in Christchurch with his family. Now, Tim is a building professional, although having said that, he works with building professionals, but he's not actually a building professional himself. But he does know a bit about the industry. But that's not the point of today's episode. For the purpose of this interview, Tim is a consumer. He's a buyer of a house. And he's recently gone through the journey of looking at all the valuable options and came up with what I think he was probably not expecting was to buy a house from a volume builder, a group home builder. And it's been a very interesting journey, which he explains in this interview, and he also describes how he's gone about getting the house or specifying the house to a standard that he's more happy with because he wants a better house, a better place to live. Before we get into the interview with Tim, just want to have a quick shout out to Nudora. And if you're looking for a better place to live, then definitely check them out energyefficientbuilding.co.nz or you can go to nudora.com and check out all the information they have there about what Nudora is. Basically, it's a sandwich of two pieces of polystyrene that you fill up with concrete in the middle and you can use that to make a foundation wall for a concrete slab that's insulated on the edge or you can carry on up and make a very good insulated, soundproof, warm, dry, comfortable, um, complete building. You can use the insulated concrete form of Nudora to make the walls as well as just the foundation. So check them out, energyefficientbuilding.co.nz or go to nudora.com. Now on today, on with uh, today's episode. So like I said, Tim is a, he's an educated consumer but he ended up buying a house, a small house, from a group home builder in Christchurch. And I started out by asking Tim why he's building or why he's buying a house. That's a very good question. Um, so I guess we were, well, my wife and I were um, earthquake refugees, post-quake. Yep. Um, we sold um, our house on the, well, the day after the big February earthquake in Christchurch. Uh, so, you know, we were left pretty much with no option but to get out of town. So we went up to Auckland for a couple of years. So um, presumably you were, you were, uh, had that in, in process before the <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yes. So we, we'd had it on the market for about, well, on and off for about 12 months, 18 months. And, um, yeah, eventually, um, you know, a lady had put the offer in, um, sort of subject to condition, uh, about a week before the quake. Wow. Um, but. Still, you know, we we, put, we sort of rang up on the 23rd of February when the dust had settled and said, well, you know, still keen uh, and um, expecting to get the thanks but no thanks. Um, you know, I'll pull out under any one of the conditions. And uh, no, they said, no, we're still really, really keen. Um, and it took a little bit longer to go through. But, yeah, they um, they took it. Wow. We wow. went up to Auckland and the plan, having gone to Auckland, was always to 
head back down to Christchurch. So we, we had our daughter and then thought, right, now's the time to look at getting back. And so we've been back down here for about 18 months and coming back, we decided to rent to begin with um, yep. just to get a, you know, feel for what's out there and, um, uh, you know, what, what sort of suburbs were, were, had a good vibe and were going, were thriving. Um, so we ended up out in Holswell, um, which is sort of west of the city. And uh, we've got our daughter in daycare here now. So we've kind of had enough of renting. Uh, we've just had our rent go up by we've had a 10% rent increase this last couple of weeks. Wow. So that was nice. So, um, and I think particularly for my wife, um, it's, um, you know, all about having that nest, the uh, the little place that you can make your own and, and yep. so on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we kind of made the decision, well, look, it's time to time to go and buy a house. Um, in terms of why we went with a build, um, you know, in the post-earthquake environment down here, we, we looked at existing building stock, um, but typically, uh, well, I guess we initially came up with a budget and we said, well, look, we're, we're comfortable at looking around the $400,000 mark would be ideal, um, mm-hmm. which means so that my wife doesn't have to go back to work yet. Um, we can service the mortgage on one one income. Um, so you start looking around that price mark in the existing building stock and there's not much out there. Um, you know, you, I guess we're already thinking school zones and, and so on and so forth. We, we've got a two-year-old, so you, you've got to start thinking about your primary school zones and potentially your high school zones. So that kind of narrows your search pattern down considerably. Yeah. Yeah. Were you um, surprised by that? Having lived in Christchurch prior to the earthquake, going to Auckland, then coming back, were you expecting it to be a challenge to find something in the 400,000 price bracket? No. <laughs> right. To be basically honest, um, you know, I think pre-quake, um, what, what we have ended up with, I think you could conceivably have picked up for, you know, 250 to 300. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what was out there for that 400, you know, it was offers over 400K for properties that, um, you know, I, I work, you know, obviously for a firm of surveyors and um, I have a, a probably um, a dangerous amount of uh, layman's knowledge now of building uh, pathology yeah, yeah. and um, walking around some of these buildings and asking to see the EQC scope and being able to point out cracks in the, you know, in, in the foundations that hadn't been scoped um, and challenging the real estate agent to say, well, Who's who's going to have to deal with that? Me or, or the vendor? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and them not having any good answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then those houses that that are on for four hundred um, go for you know sort of sometimes low five hundreds. So yeah, yeah. you end up wow. having to look at an existing house in the three hundreds, um, and you're just not getting you know I, I guess being perhaps slightly snobby, you're not going to end up in an area that you want to end up in for the school zones and the da 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 da. But is um, it, it's more than just area, though. I mean, is it what what kind of standard are those houses? What what sort of state are they in? That was the other thing, and we looked at one in particular, which was a 1950s little cottage. Um, had mm. a you know beautiful little section, some nice uh, you know plants and landscaping done, uh, but it was single glazed. Um, mm-hmm. it probably had next to no insulation, um, and it, it also had a little extension in in the roof space which thought, oh, you know, that's quite cute. But then you look at the flashing detail around the windows and you sort of go, yeah, pretty much guarantee that's just a big sieve on top of the roof. Um, right, right. And so, again, you, know, you start factoring in that these houses are going for way over RV um, mm. and you're going to have to sink a whole lot of money into them just to get them up to a decent standard. Um, yeah, right. It's It's crazy. So you've got a big... Supply and demand problem, and you've also uh, that uh, on top of a 
existing house quality problem, which that's that dates back way way before the earthquake. So the, the yep. compounding effect is um, it's pretty hard for people to find a house. It's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, so and I think for us also, just uh, you know, the houses that perhaps have been repaired, there are you know, and and speaking on a from the you know from a sort of work professional standpoint here, you know, that there is varied degrees of success in, in what we're seeing in terms of the repairs that have been done on on houses. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was always in the back of our mind as well, is that well, you know, is a new build just a safer option? Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to get that ten year warranty or, or you know the guarantee at least. You, you've got some kind of recourse on. Um, any dodgy workmanship um, plus you know that it's up to the new code it's going to have a decent foundation system that's going to withstand any future little rumbles and shakes um, so from a peace of mind and performance perspective you kind of you know we're getting more and more pushed to that, that yep. new build as well now you also looked at designing some or getting a designer and, and doing a bit of a bespoke design didn't you you went through that down that path yeah, we we had a, I guess another option that we, we were looking at. My uh, mum's recently moved over from the UK, and one thought we had was to look at building a kind of uh, um, a combined house that that was also you yep. know, internally separated, yep. but provided you know my mum could be essentially living on the same section. Yeah. But again, um, what really uh, you know killed this option off was um the covenants on uh, a lot of the subdivisions um, right. and also i guess you could kind of argue some of the just the general consents um issues you know like you can't have two kitchens in a in a dwelling below a certain dimension and da 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 so that made it difficult and also trying to find a section that was the right shape uh, to fit what we wanted that was kind of north facing that um, again, was in the right school zone, which had land uh, that wasn't, you know, in a subdivision where there were these covenants on minimum size uh, builds for your house. Um, similarly, you got the issues where um, trying to find, a, you know, there's, there's some pieces of land in the, you know, closest to the CBD that don't have covenants, but then they're normally TC3 land, which means you're ploughing in, you know, absolutely astronomical amounts of money just to get the foundations in the ground. Um, so yeah, in the end, that that just became in the in the too hard basket. Um, I'm, really, I'm exhausted just listening to it. It's, it's, Tell me it, about it. <laughs> it's a wonder anyone can progress with. Are they going to put the rest of their life on hold just to look for a place to live? I, I think to be fair, we probably took this to the nth degree in terms of how much we thought this through. Um, and but like I mean, I say, these the, can't these can't be unique. Uh, desires or wishes for for you, and there must be a lot of other people who who want some fairly basic um, things out of where they want to live. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'd kind of like to think I'm not completely abnormal. Yeah, there might be exactly. some other people exactly. thinking like this, but I think you know the backdrop of the earthquakes is um, you know we, we were so lucky to sell our house when we did, and and we haven't had the four years of trying to get someone from EQC to come around and, you yeah. know, living in a house. So for a lot of people, they're actually just, I think they're just bloody grateful to get into a house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the fact that it may not be the right school zone or they might have had to move across town isn't such a, you know, it's, it's lower down on the list. Mm, mm. Um, whereas I think perhaps we, we lack that perspective. And for us, it's, um, I think, well, I mean, for myself, I, I, I suffer from what I call, um, uh, constructive discontent 
where I'm just I'm never satisfied. Or, or there's always a better option. And I, you know, if, if I buy a TV, the grass today, is always then, greener. Well, not necessarily the grass is always greener, but like if I bought a TV today or, or a new computer today, and, and tomorrow it's on offer or there's a better option, I, I'm immediately just miserable and upset because I, I haven't got the best that I could have got. Right. Um, right. And I think that's kind of pushed us a little bit. Um, you know, for me, if I'm going to sink this amount of money into uh, well, what people in inverted commas call an asset. Um, I want to make sure that it's going to work really well and it's going to be right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I think that's a completely legitimate concern and that's why people uh, do really want to get it right uh, when, they're, when they're planning out. And I think also why they get frustrated when they're being forced into decisions that they're not entirely happy with. Let's talk about what you've um, settled on. Uh, literally, actually, have you have you you've um, have you confirmed your intent? Yes. Yep. So we're all signed up. Um, so yeah, ultimately, um, it was all uh, rather random. Uh, I was actually watching a, a documentary on on the rebuild of Christchurch, and there was a um, a piece um, uh, as part of this program. Um, on one of the group home builders in Christchurch, and I was dead set against going to, you know, getting a bog standard build from a bog standard builder uh-huh. who just, you know, cookie cutter puts them up. You know, you take what you're given and, and you and you're just grateful for it. Um, Why were you so against that? Um, I just think that my perception is that you know a lot of it is you know they, they'll build a code, yep. um, and and you know that's that's a that's a really great build. Um, whereas I think you, you know, perhaps you and I it's know very commas there. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, I think those with sort of some any kind of industry insight realise that well you know code is is a minimum basic, um, but actually doesn't perhaps give you what we could or should have um, in 2014. Um, yep. And so we, we were really keen to try and work with a, um, you know, a, a kind of a more of a craftsman builder, a construction company who would actually take the time and, and, and really use some of those more sustainably sourced and eco-friendly products. Right. Um, but, yeah, just we just couldn't find it to stack up. So I saw this program and, and you know, this company was saying, well, look, we've even got some houses for $400,000. And I thought, well, if you can get a house for $400,000 close to where we're living, we should entertain that. Yep. And so we literally drove around to the show home and said, look, I've just seen your program on TV. Um, do you have any houses for, for 400K um, in this subdivision, which is literally about a K from where we're currently living? Yep. And uh, the lady went, yeah, we've got one left. Right. <laughs> so my wife just It was a popular TV program. <laughs> well, apparently, yeah. I think <laughs> so um, we just said, look, um, can you just give us a rough, you know, a rough idea of what it might look like and some specs? And we literally just sat down and, and said, yeah, look, we'll, we'll, can you hold it for 24 hours? We'll go away, have a think. And we just thought about it. And, and like I say, having spent pretty much a year going through looking at all our different options. Um, I mean, we looked at, you know, lifestyle blocks halfway between Christchurch and Akaroa to get, you know, some decent land at a good price where you could build what you want. Um, we, we slightly, looked at slightly longer commute from where you went in. Totally. Um, so, you know, having looked at all of that and the fact that it's 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 going to be a two minute walk from our daughter's daycare. Um, it's in a new subdivision where they're putting in some cafes, some restaurants. There's going to be a sports center. There's going to be a medical center. It's actually, you know, in terms of urban design, it's really well thought out with no cul-de-sacs. It's all, you know, interlinked. There's masses of areas of green space. And you just look at it and go, you know, for the money and what you're getting and the environment and the, and, and the convenience to our current lifestyle, it's got the school zones. It's just, it was just like, yeah, okay. So what are up. you getting? 
So for our $405,000, um, we are getting a two-bedroom, 100-square-meter um, sort of townhouse, I guess would be the, the way to describe it, single story. Single story, um, two bedrooms. Yep, with an open-plan living dining area and a single garage. Built, uh, built-in single garage. Yep. Does that sound pretty scary from what you would have imagined a few years ago, you, that you'd get $400,000, only two bedrooms? Yes. <laughs> but What size um, section is that? Uh, that's a really good question, and I keep forgetting. Um, but you do get some um, backyard? N- not a huge amount. Um, but, uh, in fact, there's no there's, – there's a small courtyard, which might be about six by six metres, um, right. which has got a bit of grass, a veggie patch, and a, and a patio. On the plus side, um, you won't spend your whole weekend cutting the lawn. Exactly, which is where I'm, where we're currently living in the, uh, you know, the good old McMansion um, on our 800 square meter section, uh, <laughs> with a lawn that takes me about an hour to mow. So I'm looking forward to putting the mower on. Trade me. <laughs> well, so you're currently living in a place that could fit eight of the houses that you're um, have, that you've purchased. Pretty much, pretty um, much. And and to be honest, that was, I think, for me, you know. Uh, originally from the UK, I've I've always lived in. Well, w- when I was growing up, I lived on a. We had a decent sized bit of land and lived in the country. But from about the age of twelve, I've lived in a you know townhouse in the, in the middle of town, three stories, um, pretty small floor plate. Um, and then the same, you know, at university, you you kind of live in a in a apartment style townhousey stuff. So, kind of used to that background. And and my wife and I sort of made the decision we're we're not going to have hundreds of kids. We're going to stick with one kid. Yeah. Um, so actually you look at what we can afford. Um, and then you start, you know, for me, I'm, I'm passionate about trying to, you know, be as sustainable and environmentally friendly as, as possible. And you think, well, you know, a hundred square meters should be more than adequate. Um, if three of us, well, two and a, two and a, a midget as it were, can't, yeah. can't, can't survive in a hundred square meters. Um, then there's something wrong. <laughs> and I really like coming back to what you said before about focusing on, what you actually need and what your lifestyle. And one of the key criteria for you was being able to support, have the mortgage on one income. So it's, this is clearly a lifestyle choice because it's, you, you've got to move one kilometer. You've got to be in a good place that's going to have lots of amenities and it's going to be affordable. They're all things that spell kind of sustainability to me. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I mean, in fact, there's one other option that I, I forgot to tell you about. <laughs> one, we even managed to, through some various contacts at work, be offered um, a house from the red zone. So, that you know, the land was deemed uh, uh, not suitable for building on ever again, but the, ha- the house was still standing. And we looked at basically taking it down, flat packing it, relocating it, putting it up. And this thing was a like five bedroom, two story, 300 square meter house. Yeah. And, you know, we looked at it and thought, well, you know, if, if we if we could pull this off and get it on a nice section in somewhere like Prebleton or one of these, you know, booming uh, uh, suburbs just on the fringe of Christchurch, um, you know, all up, this would ideally cost us six hundred. We we could probably sell this for nine or a mil, um, yeah. cash the money, and then downsize straight away. And and but we just kind of thought, well, you know, we're not property developers. Um, yeah. There's massive risk in that. Yeah. Um, if, if anything doesn't work once you get in the house, we've got no budget to fix it. Yeah, and so for us, yeah, I think it, it did come down to well, you know, look, four hundred thousand dollars, we've been saving whilst we have been renting, so we've got a bit of a war chest um, kind of stacked up. Yeah, um, 
I've got a section that I own out in Castle Hill, um, and so we've, we're going to sell that. That hopefully be you know a hundred grand on the mortgage. All, all of a sudden, we're you, you're sitting quite nicely. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and yeah. That I think um, I think it was interesting talking to the you know the the lady who who was the sales lady on the day. She said, "Oh, there's a lot of people in your situation who are." in her as she described it downsizing you know they're not going for the four bed two living room um big place on a big section and whether that i mean for me I, I, i'd still question whether 400 is is truly affordable housing um when you compare that to the median wage um, yeah or, you know, yeah well that's an average a, wage that's a whole um, other discussion really yeah <laughs> um, but and, and i guess the other the other interesting thing about this is that that salesperson didn't um try and upsell you on um, pushing the walls out and adding en suites, mainly because she couldn't. <laughs> There's no True. options there. Yeah. Is there? This is kind of a <laughs> – they can't make it any bigger because I'm no. looking at the plan here in front of me and it's – there's nowhere else to go. Yep. And, and like you said, it's the last one. So um, it's kind of nice to know that the market is now – or the industry is starting to supply that market. Very much so. Um, and it was, I actually went to uh, Christchurch City Council. There's a, there's a guy who does deserve a mention, Tony Moore, who's their yep. sustainability advisor. Yeah. Um, he, he convened a session in Christchurch a couple of weeks ago where he managed to get some uh, developers, uh, some financiers, some designers and educators and got, got us all in a room and challenged us to say, well, what, why can't we build better housing and better meaning affordable, better performing um, of a adequate size, not of a, you know, um, a massive size. Yeah. And, and it was really interesting in that basically the, the property developers all said, well, the only reason we build these houses is because the land developers or the, or the, um, the land surveyors divvy up, um, all our subdivisions like this uh -huh. because they think that that's, that's what we want. The building company said, well, we, we're happy to deal with that because we know that we've got all these four bed, two living room houses that we can just slap on them without having to think. Yeah. The, the finances were saying, well, it's all great for us because we know that people will buy them um, and we're happy to lend on them to the individual. So that all works. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, the, 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 the general punters are sort of saying, well, yep, yeah, four bed, two, two, um, two living area houses. Brilliant. You know, I'm living the dream. It's what every Kiwi aspires to. But um, until someone challenges that and it was really interesting there was some of the guys from the hobsonville point and um uh, ockham developments yep. in auckland and, yep. and you know and they were just saying well no, actually if you just build a spec home build a one-bedroom unit build a two-bedroom unit and if you'll be surprised at the level of interest yeah and i think to a degree that is what's happened in this subdivision i think they're actually being quite canny where they haven't just built you know cookie cutter four bed da, 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 yeah, da, da. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got a real mix of two-story three bed townhouses um some of the the houses next door to us are actually what three rooms in the same 100 square meter um uh, base um and they've all sold yeah so yeah and i think that to me is it's the real message to the sort of the wider development community is just just put one up you know, Build it and they'll it, come. yeah even even it's just a really cheap shell just to show this is what the size would look like you don't you know even if you put a a cardboard cutout of the kitchen in there or whatever just to say look this is this is the space you know it's not going to cost you anything to to build a really cheap model and say look would you would you buy this um, let's let's talk will. about that shell because um you you want to pimp yours up a little bit um yep. what, what what were some of the things that you wanted to change or what's the scope that you had to change on there um i'd say we timed it pretty well um we you know the the slab had just gone down 
um, when we signed up. Right. So, um, and as I said to the lady when we when we went to sign up, I said, "You do realise that this is going to be the hardest four hundred thousand dollars sale you've ever made." Um, <laughs> as I said, I've, I've got. Did you just say? A... Do you know who I am? <laughs> I, I, kind of, I thought I'd leave that if, if, if she got a bit stroppy, but. Um, I said, you know, I've got just enough industry knowledge for me to be dangerous. Right. Um, you know, it's like the, it's like the patients that Google their uh, their own pathology before they go to the doctor. I've got you know just enough knowledge to challenge them yeah. without perhaps fully knowing what I'm asking for. Right. Um, but you know, they were actually super accommodating, and and this I think for me is, is the sort of the take home message that I want to try and promote here is if if you can if we as a, as a kind of the, the 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 people in the know in the building industry can try and help other people realize what they could have um, rather than just what they're given. Um, you know, we, we just went, went down the spec list and, and said, you know, all right, you, you've got downlights. Um, could we have LEDs? Yes. At no extra charge. Okay. Great. Really? No extra um, charge? No extra charge. We said, right. Um, there's no curtains. She said, oh, I, I like you guys. Look, I'll throw in the curtains for free. Okay, great. So we've got curtains. Um, on the really basic list. That's a few right, grand. Well, yeah, well, we reckon it's probably about five grand's worth of curtains. Wow. Um, but again, but so again, what we're going to do is, you know, is we'll we'll pay the extra to upgrade them to some really nice, um, you know, sort of thermally backed, uh-huh. um, good curtains. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you know, there was um, what was a couple of other things, uh, you know, and they were quite good at just swapping some basic things. Like we said, well, we don't want heated um, towel rail um, because it's just a waste. Um, so he said, yeah, we'll just. You know, we'll give you the money back on that. We said, oh, well, we don't want heated under t- under floor tiles um, in the bathroom. We'd rather just have vinyl because, you know, we've got a two-year-old daughter who's um, pretty uh, pretty clumsy. Yeah, <laughs> we figured yeah, yeah. one less uh, trip to A&E. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of basic stuff. You shouldn't live um, vicariously through your daughter like that, Neil. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the, the main thing that we, we really tabled on that initial meetings was, was I said, I want to basically double the insulation and I want thermally broken windows. Now, how did that go um, down? They said, yep, yeah, no, that's fine, but you, that, that you will be paying for. I said, that's cool. Can you just send me the quote for, for that variation, which they did within a couple of days. So not and a I, problem to do. Not a problem to do. But you had, had to, to ask, ask for it. Yeah. Um, having gone from there, there's, there's a whole heap of other things that um, – so I've met up with the project manager and, and, and sort of said to, I, well, I emailed him my two-page spreadsheet of uh, things I wanted to have a chat about. Right. Um, <laughs> of course you did. But I mean, uh, I mean, there's a lot of it, which was just internal stuff that that we, you know, we wanted just to add um, or or just discuss. Um, but in terms of you know, like the efficiency and the performance of the house, you know, there's, there's like little things. Like I just said to him, "Do you guys insulate your hot water cylinders?" He said, "Well, no." I said, "Well, could you?" He said, "Yeah, I don't see why not." Um, well, could you insulate all the hot water pipes as well? Said, well, I suppose we could do that. It might cost you couple of hundred extra just for the labor right like well, yeah fine just you know can we do it uh-huh. um little things like um you know getting into a bit more of the detail um looking at uh, you know there's, there's a defined living area and a defined kind of sleeping area and i said well do, what kind of um you know jib or bats do you have uh, between those two spaces oh we have just the standard well could you put noise proof bats oh yeah, yeah we could do that but yeah. it won't be won't be a massive ex- piece, you know, um, extra um, payment. And so, like, well, just thinking through, you know, how are you going to use the house and 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 how you know we currently use the house um, that we're living in, and just trying to think of some, you know, g- good ideas to minimise, um, you know, things like noise and 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 maximise the performance and 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 the heating and so on. Um, 
there's a couple of other things that we looked at. Um, uh, like this, this is a, quite a good one I've picked up from one of the guys at work. Um, and he puts uh, the heat pump, uh, I can never remember what it's called, but, the, you know, the big fan that sits outside the house normally. The um, compressor unit? The compressor unit. He puts his in his garage roof space. And right. I sort of think, well, that's actually quite a neat idea because then obviously if it's minus six outside on a crisp, cold Christchurch morning, chances are it's not going to be minus six on the inside of your garage roof space. So uh-huh. does that, you know, um, give you some efficiency there? Um, and then to compound that, we actually asked for the garage to be fully insulated um, and have an insulated garage door uh, to sort of minimise, because uh, that's the one thing I always find in the house we're currently in. You, know, you can have a nice toasty house, but you've got one bedroom backing onto the, the garage and you can just touch the, the wall and just feel the cold air seeping through. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Now, normally, normally, I that if you're looking at a really large house with a double garage, it, it's possibly not worth the investment because, but because of this, it's such a compact design. This one and that garage is right next to your living space, and there's only exactly. a door to separate it, which is probably not going to be sealed completely. Yep. Um, that comes straight into your your kitchen, dining, living area. It, it's it definitely a worthy. Uh, upgrade i'd say on this on this uh layout yeah um so i think yeah you know f- for me it was all about um just you know having had conversations with yourself and, and i also I, I again i guess i'm sort of privileged being being in the building industry i i caught up with the local eco representative in christchurch who, who i know quite well and just said right look you know i'll shout you a coffee can you just look over my house plans and give me any yeah, idea yeah do yeah. um and just trying to be smart about it and just you know make sure i hadn't missed anything really obvious that would have um created some you know really really cool um benefits um but i think for me you know the overarching thing was just was looking at the marginal gains and just you know if we can either save money long term in terms of energy use by doing you know a couple of little bits here or you know putting in a slightly different piece of technology at a smaller upgrade cost um you know or if we, like i say if we can make it the house warmer by putting in that extra insulation throughout the whole house and and so on and just be smart about where you place certain uh, pieces of kit um yeah it's going to be really interesting to to see just how warm it is in the middle of winter, especially compared to the house. Can you can you share some numbers with us? Um, where, what's the final R value that you're going with? Uh, that I haven't had confirmed yet, um, but the I can tell you the the off the sort of planned R value for the walls was going to be two point six and yeah. three point six for the ceilings. Um, but what I've asked for, I've asked for a quote to go with the Bats Ultra which would provide 2.8 in the walls yep. um, and five in the ceiling. Wow. Um, so, um, yeah, which, again, you know, I don't think it's a massive issue. Hope, well, hoping to find out exactly. But essentially what we've, what we've done is we, we said, well, look, actually, we're willing to put an extra 10,000 on the mortgage um, to, to put in some of these upgrades, um, of which a small amount is actually going to a, um, a kitchen island. Um, so hope, we're hoping to sort of get... Um, in terms of the efficiency and performance upgrades to within about $6,000. Right. Um, so that is your insulation. Did you say you've gone thermally broken windows? Yep. So that was about an extra, I think that was two and a half. We paid extra. Is that it? Yep. Now, uh, partly so that's because uh, it's, it's a fairly small house, so your glaze areas are huge. But yep. So three and a half thousand to go from standard double glazing to thermally broken. Yep. 
And then the extra um, insulation, I think. Well, we, we, I actually initially asked them to quote for Terralana, um, the wool-based yep. insulation, because, again, trying to keep it as environmentally friendly and sort of sustainable as possible. But that, that was significantly more expensive. So we've had to compromise there and say, well, look, we'll, we'll go the double layer of um, of BATS or the, uh, or the BATS Ultra. And, yep. again, we also um, got a quote for Magrock instead of Jib. Because um, right. again, that's a slightly more sustainable uh, option, but that was horrendously more expensive at the minute. Oh, um, uh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, which is that's a, a whole other conversation about uh, supply chain. But uh, you got <laughs> um, LEDs at no extra cost. Yep. Um, now you investigated, or you've pulled some things out as well. Importantly, like the under tile heating and the the heated tower rails. Yep. So that is um, money that you can put towards other things. Yep. Um, it's came. It came with a heat pump. Yep, comes with one one heat pump, which we uh, I did talk to my man at Eka about maybe getting a second one. Um, well, actually, I, in an ideal world, I wanted to put central heating in. Yeah. Um, obviously, again, you know, coming from the UK, that's because you've got your heat pump in the like. living area and your bedrooms are at the far end of the house away. Exactly. From yeah. Yep. Um, so one thought I did have was of putting a second heat pump kind of in the hallway, mm-hmm. uh, maybe above the door facing down the hallway yep. um, so that you could, you know, keep the bedroom doors open. Yep. Um, but we're, we're actually really keen to see just how warm this, how warm the house will be relative to where we're currently living yep. um, and whether we actually need that um, yeah. with yeah. the insulation. Um, but I've also found um, uh, there's actually a product I've found called Thermoskirt. Yes. Um, which, um, if if the heat pump isn't sufficient, I'm going to give it a year and save up the money and look to install that. Now, um, I like the look of that product. For those that haven't seen it, it's basically a radiator in the skirting board, isn't it? Yes. Um, and I've emailed them already, and the costing, I think it's about 50 bucks a linear meter, I think, for the actual skirting board. I'm so going to do uh, that in my house. Yeah. What's, and then, what's the engine that, that, that you use to for the heater? You basically run it off the heat pump. Is that right? So you yep. put air through it. Uh, well, I think you use the heat pump to basically. I think it were. I think. Well, I only briefly scanned it last night. I think you can run it off. You can pretty pretty much run it off any heating system. Right. So, so you, you could run it. You run it off a diesel generator. And, yeah, if you yeah, wanted yeah, to. Yeah. But I think essentially what we would look to do would be to probably convert the water cylinder into a heat pump. Um, yeah, hot water yeah, cylinder yeah, and yeah. then run all the heating and hot water off a heat pump um, because then the next stage is to look at um, maybe going solar panels on the roof. Um, yeah, now you looked at solar panels. What what yeah. was the decision there? Um, we, we're probably going to do it. Um, there's a couple of companies that are moving their offering down to Christchurch where they do similar to the Vector offering in, in Auckland where you yep. pay zero down and then a fixed fee, uh, fixed monthly sort of rental fee, which so is a lease power usage. rather than a, a purchase. Yeah, um, but again, what we want to do is actually get in the house uh, probably for three or four months and just see what our average power bill is. Yeah. Um, because before you choose, you know, how big an array you require and, and so on and so forth, we want to get a kind of a base rating yep. for how we're using. But yeah, my, my ultimate plan is to get us, um, you know, as off the grid and as efficient as we can. Did um, they offer you a, a pre-wire option? Yes, so the uh, hot water cylinder is um, solar ready. Um, right. And we haven't had a talk. So the next step is to go and talk to the Sparky and the plumber and very much going to sit down with those guys and say, look, I, I want to really think 
five, ten years ahead and go, well, look, let's put some extra cable in from, from the Sparky. Let's just think about other things that might be coming online that might be of interest. Um, and the same with the plumber is just say, look, you know, what can we do for minimal extra cost up front that could help us future proof, um, you know, or, or certainly on the, on the solar side of things. Um, yeah, what we can do because I know that Inner Solar are doing lots of pre-wiring and, and putting <coughs> the, the back of their inverter unit in the garage and the cables down the wall so that you can basically come and plug the panels in yep. straight away should you choose to do so once it's finished. Yep, no, definitely looking at that. Um, and there was a couple. There's two other little products that I found as well um, through my internet searching. One of them is called an Eco Drain which yep. is an interesting one to look at. It, it basically, you connect it to your, uh, uh, the uh, drain pipe that, uh, from your shower, uh, and it collects the heat from the hot water from the shower and pushes it back into your uh, hot water system so that you're kind of preheating your water before it comes out. Yep. Um, and some of the stats that they claim on, on the, the information I've sent through should provide actually significant uh, cost savings. Um, so, and that's a 500 dollar us piece of kit really um, yeah and, and uh, they um the, the sort of cost savings they, they, they had us based examples but i'm pretty much confident that the cost of power in new zealand uh, per kilowatt hour is going to be more than it is in the us and, um, and only going in one direction uh, yeah exactly yeah there, there is there are eight units that are almost complete in christchurch that have a similar system in and they achieved eight homestar rating which is a th- it is the highest rating uh, yep. of houses in Christchurch, and that was one of the the products, the innovations that they used. So it'll be great to to see how they work because the theory is excellent that you're recapturing some of that warm water that's going not the, not the water itself, but you're re- reclaiming some of the energy from that warm water as it goes down the drain. Yep. Um, but it'll be great to see how that plays out in in practice and in the real world. Yep. Um, anything else that any other little, uh, you, you, you've mentioned, um, I think you were looking at some controls, like some humidistats and, um, motion sensors and, um, some sort of smarts. Yeah, we, we looked at some of that, um, again, using my industry contacts. Um, I talked to some of the, one of my mates at Schneider and we were kind of talking about, I'm quite key. I just think you look at how much smart technology there is in your car and in your TV and, and yet the buildings we live in, um, Houses are you dumb. Know, they're dumb. They're very dumb. Yeah. Um, and they I don't really talk to keen, us. No. Um, and I was really keen to see what we could do. But I actually think for the size of house we're going for, that the kind of the base system that, that I was looking at was going to be about two or three grand. Yeah. Um, and basically all it would mean was you had an iPad on the wall to turn your lights off and on and, and <laughs> change. And it's like, well, actually the house this small, <laughs> you probably don't need it. Um, yeah, and you've got a two-year-old. You, they're they're got like a two-year-old. remote control. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daisy, can you go and turn the lights off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but there's a few things I, I want to look at afterwards. Um, there's things like the Philips Hue lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to to get your um, your lighting. You know, in terms of the environment feel. Um, you know, like there's a lot of stats showing how you know it, uh, if you're trying to go to sleep, you need to avoid blue lighting and have more a ready orange. But in the morning, having a blue based lighting is you know helps you energize yourself. And so keen to look at some little things like that. Um, yeah. There's also the Nest thermostat. Yes. Um, which I'm really keen to see, but I, I don't know how that. 
I've had done some some a little bit of research, and it, it, there is there does appear to be some a few people using it in New Zealand, but you kind of have to hack it yeah. to make it talk. Yeah. So I'm a little bit uh, nervous about doing that, but keen to um, yeah. have a look. But um, certainly things like uh, one thing I think we will do would, would be to just put some sensors, uh, probably one in the garage, um, definitely, but definitely one in the garage, so that you know when you when you drive in, um, you know the lights in the living area come on. So you know if you're coming home with a small child and arms full of um, you, know, you know your groceries and what have you um, stuff um, yeah you know just some little things like that just to make it make it easier because it was interesting uh one of our well, one of my colleagues at work who, who you've interviewed damon otto he, he he's got a great uh, saying as he says you know the problem is most people buy the house uh, for the people that they want to sell it to uh yes. not for themselves yeah everyone goes oh if we do this it'll have great resale yeah yeah it's like well yeah but what about for the next 10 years um, yeah. to live with this thing that we don't yeah. like yeah. on the off chance that the person we sell it to loves it yeah. um, and so but i think for me I, I actually you know i'm a great believer in 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 many ways that scarcity um creates value um which is another thing that really annoys me about a lot of these subdivisions where it's just the same house same house, same house, same house. There's no, there's no variation. There's no uniqueness. So where's the extra value? Um, whereas what I want to try and do with our house is say, well, look, we can't change the outside so much, but can we create value through the performance and just through some smart technology that will just make the house more livable um, so that, you know, it, it might just be more attractive because thinking, you know, we, well, obviously we, I guess you and I are hoping that uh, Homestar and Lifemark become part of the district plan in Christchurch. Mm. And so that's all. And again, I, I guess that's like the insight from being in the industry is well, if we can, you know, get the house ready so that if that does become the norm, we're not one of those houses that's five years old that doesn't yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, so that we're still competitive in, yeah, in, the, yeah. in the housing market. Yeah. Tim, um, I think that's a great um, philosophy. I really like that concept of building for yourself and not the people that you intend to sell to. Um it just it it so often does go down that path, and I think that's why we end up with four bedroom houses on massive sections uh, yep. for people that probably don't really need four bedrooms. Um, clearly, you've put a lot of thought into the into this. I really appreciate <laughs> probably sharing. Oh, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible because, like you say, you you've got the next ten years potentially to uh, yeah. to to reap the. Um, the benefits of doing that. So a little extra time and, and energy put into that now, I think go, could potentially go a long way for you, for your lifestyle, not, not just the resale value. I hope so. <laughs> hey, look, really appreciate uh, your time and, and sharing all those ideas. Um, and I hope it, uh, it goes well. I'm, I'm keen to kind of follow the, uh, the progress. You, um, and just before we were recording, you mentioned the, I think the, has the framing just gone up now? Yep, the framing's just gone up. Um, and in fact, uh, we had a quite an interesting, well, quite a cool little thing from the builder. They sent us a, a picture of the the um, the plot with our the sort of the row of houses from a from a drone. Awesome. So a nice little picture showing us the uh, the slab with the framing going up. So yeah, that was quite. So cool. you can keep an eye on it. Yeah. As it, as well, uh... that, that was the other thing. You know, as, as I said to the lady when we bought it, I said, you know, you, you'll see from my business card that uh, I have project managers and building surveyors at my firm. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they will be coming around on a bi-weekly basis, just making sure that uh, everything is going according to plan. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks very much, Tim. 
Yeah. Only great. Well, thanks for the opportunity to, to have a chat. And yeah, hopefully uh, if anyone's got questions or anything they want to get in touch, more than happy to uh, share the pain that I've been through this last year to get to where we are. <laughs> great. Awesome. Cheers, Tim. Bye. Well, I hope you found that interesting. Uh, I could have stayed on talking to Tim for quite a while. Really interesting list of additions and changes and requests that Tim's made to make that could what could have been a bog standard home um, supplied by a group home builder. Uh, he's he's turned it, turning it into something that is going to be warmer and drier, more comfortable, and probably a lot more energy efficient to run and it's generally just a better place to live for him and his family. So I'm gonna I'll put up some of those uh, shopping list items in the show notes. You can check those out at www.homestylegreen.com slash ninety two. That's nine two for episode ninety two. And I, the biggest takeout for me from that, I really love that quote uh, that Tim shared from uh, Damon who who has been on the show. Uh, you can check that episode out from a few episodes ago. Um, the concept of building or creating a home for you and your family right now, not some hypothetical person who might buy your house or who you're going to sell it to. Don't design or build a house for someone that you're going to sell it to in five, ten years' time. Think about what you need, what you want, and what your family need right now and create your house around those needs. Perhaps a two-bedroom, 100-square-metre house like Tim's creating for his family is just what you need because it's not just about that house. It's about the lifestyle as well. And that sounds like a fairly idyllic lifestyle, one that can be serviced by one income and everything that you need within walking distance of the local community. Hope you found that useful. Love to get your comments. You can... uh, Comment on the show notes at this episode. That's uh, homestylegreen.com slash 92. Or you can get in touch with me, Matthew, at homestylegreen.com. If you found this useful, I'd love it if you could head over to iTunes and leave a quick review there because that really helps out. Um, Increase the size of our audience and, and get more interesting people like Tim on the show as well. That's it from me. I hope you enjoyed that. Stay tuned again for more great episodes coming up. But in the meantime, go make a better place to live. Music